and welcome to another episode of the This and One More podcast by Simple Sessions with me, James Lee. This week, I'm going to talk all about metabolism, what it is, what can affect it or your metabolic rate, and explain why you probably don't have a slow metabolism either. The first step here is to actually understand what metabolism is and also what is meant by the term metabolic rate. So metabolism can be defined as the chemical processes that occur within a living organism in order to maintain life. So this is all the things like breaking down food, making hormones, creating new tissue, repair, breathing, respiration, all of those things. All of these processes require energy, which to put it really, really simply, is provided by the breakdown of a substance called ATP or adenosine triphosphate, which is made in turn by the breakdown of glucose. It's quite a complicated system, so I'll just leave it there for now. I won't dig that into too much detail. But you may have heard of things like aerobic respiration, anaerobic respiration. That's all glucose being broken down to form ATP, which can then go on to be, um, which then goes on to give energy to these systems. And metabolic rate is defined as the speed at which these processes occur, or as we look at it, the amount of energy in terms of calories that you use per hour or per day to perform these functions. So if you've heard of BMR or basal metabolic rate, this is the amount of energy, again, in terms of calories required to perform the most basic functions necessary to keep you alive. So this doesn't really include things like walking around or exercise. This is just if you were to lie down, how much energy would it cost you? to just survive. This number can be relatively easily guesstimated um, and through this episode I'm going to quickly explain to you how you can estimate your maintenance calories or the calories that in theory you would need to eat to maintain your weight at its current level over time. Um, So to guesstimate that what you do is you take your body weight in kilos and then if you're male you're going to times, times that number by 24 If you're female, you're going to multiply it by 22. So as you can see there, generally speaking, men use a little bit more energy than women as a rule of thumb per kilo of body weight. Um, We then have to factor in any non-exercise activity that we do in the day. So it's like fidgeting, wandering around as part of our job, general work stuff. So you can take that number and multiply it by what we call a physical activity factor which is somewhere in the region of 1.1 to 1.2, if you have a very sedentary desk job with not much walking around. 1.3, 1.4, if you have a a more active job where you spend most of the time on your feet, or to kind of 1.5, 1.6, if you have a super active job like building or scaffolding or something like that, where you're always active, always lifting things, very, very active job. This will then provide you with a number, which is an estimate of your maintenance calories, assuming that you're not doing any exercise on top of this so maintenance calories basically is is, is a guide of saying right if you eat x amount every day you your weight will stay the same yeah because of things like physics and the laws of thermodynamics we can't just create weight from nothing so if we eat more energy in terms of calories than we use on a daily basis over time we'll gain weight if we eat fewer calories than we use on a daily basis over time we'll lose weight. Now, obviously, if we eat the same, we'll maintain our weight. Now, obviously, this is a a rough figure, so it's a bit of trial and error from here because of natural individuality of people where genetically everyone probably has a slightly different um, basal metabolic rate depending on things like body composition, organ size, all these little tiny things that have an impact. So 
it's going to track you out a number that's going to be probably pretty close if you've done the maths above right and then you can kind of try and error it from there it's just an interesting thing to do and to figure out if you are eating roughly the right amount hopefully what you'll also be able to see from those quick maths is that if your body weight goes up your maintenance calories will also go up so there's not really any getting away with the whole i'm heavy because i have a slow metabolism or i have a slow metabolism and therefore i can't lose weight reasoning in the vast vast majority of cases your metabolic rate will actually increase with your body weight that's whether you've got loads of muscle or loads of fat that's something that we will discuss a little bit later as to the variation between the two but overall body weight is a massive driver for bmr so that's something to think about if you are overweight or you think you're overweight and you want to lose some weight it ultimately comes down to the fact that you just need fewer calories if you want to lose weight it sounds really simple obviously the methodology you choose and the actual action of that can be significantly more challenging so i'm not trying to um belittle that for example just to make it known that that is simply the case the only cases where there is likely to be a reason that you struggle to lose or maintain weight from a metabolic standpoint is if you suffer from a metabolic condition so something like PCOS which is polycystic ovary syndrome or hypothyroidism which is low thyroid function if you do think you have either of those you should probably go to the GP and get some blood tests or at least get that checked thyroid issues can easily be rectified with medication usually levothyroxine to bring you up to a euthyroid or normal thyroid function where your metabolic rate will then return to normal and with polycystic ovary syndrome this can actually have a really big impact on your um metabolic rate so it's been seen up to kind of 35 to 40 percent in extreme cases so that is going to make your life really difficult if you are looking to lose weight or even maintain your weight because you actually have to eat almost half as much food as you think you'd need basically which is really difficult especially if you're a smaller human obviously PCOS is only going to affect females so if you're a guy listening to this you don't have to worry about that um in any event weight loss is still possible it just becomes more challenging when you have to contend with issues like that as you're likely to have to restrict your intake much more than you think and um, i'm going to do a whole podcast on polycystic ovary syndrome um at some point because it is quite an important topic that quite a few people do suffer with and i think it will be helpful for you to have some um, more solid information and sort of an update on what the research says about how you can help be helped in those situations and um, so if you are someone who struggles with with their weight the reality is that you are eating and or drinking too many calories to actually lose it and um, if you want to help with this specifically the best thing to do is to speak to a coach or a nutritionist who can work with you on a personal level to implement a plan specific to you and your lifestyle that's a whole kind of episode on its own so i'll leave that there for today but just suffice it to say that constantly trying random um <clears throat> kind of plug and play diets often doesn't work because they are designed for people who probably don't have the same lifestyle as you and if you want to be able to stick to a nutritional plan or actually lose weight long term the, the the methodology behind how you go about it has to fit in with your lifestyle otherwise it's just not going to work and you won't stick to it and then you'll be back where you started in no time so that's just something to bear in mind when it comes to conditions that affect your metabolic rate i'll like i just said a minute ago i'll also 
put individual episodes up about those because they are quite big topics and it'll make it a bit easier to digest the information if you have them in smaller bite-sized chunks, I think. So I'll just go on to chat a bit more about a couple more points on metabolism. And so far I've explained that your, your BMR is largely governed by your overall body mass. But does your body composition, so whether you have a high percentage of muscle or fat, play a big part in how fast your metabolism is overall? The short answer is yes, but in reality it's not to a huge degree like you might expect. Research has shown that muscle tissue uses around about 4 to 7 calories per pound of body mass per day. So you'd need to add 4.5 to 9 kilos of muscle mass to increase your basal metabolic rate by 100 calories a day. Now that's really not a lot. You know, that's less than an apple, for example, the 100 calories you get more than that in an apple. So in that sense, it's not a lot. It'll add up in the long term. If you do have you know, four and a half to 10 kilos more muscle mass than you started with, so it might make it easier to maintain your weight long term. However, the first challenge actually comes with adding that much muscle in the first place. Muscle takes a little while to build. You have to be consistent and you have to constantly be progressively overloading over a period of, you're looking at probably years in reality to build that much muscle more than likely. So it takes a fair amount of time and consistency. And also a lot of people might not be that interested in doing that so that's just something to think about the benefits of having increased muscle mass tend to come from the fact that you can then exercise at higher intensities for longer therefore burn more calories during each bout of exercise so from that side of things that's where you're going to get your wins rather than from improving your metabolic rate as a baseline again as we can see from that overall your body mass is going to be the biggest driver here so you know, someone who's 100 kilos is almost certainly going to have a bigger calorie need than someone who's 80 kilos or 90 kilos irrelevant of body composition there pretty much but what about exercise well again exercise will have a an, an impact on your basal metabolic rate after the fact by a process called epoch or excess post-exercise oxygen consumption previously this has been kind of touted to have uh, a big impact on your metabolism in reality it will have a small impact and it only have a small impact for several hours. It's been seen up to a day in research in some cases, and it will vary massively depending on the intensity and the duration of the exercise bout that you've done. So higher intensity exercise for longer tends to lead to a bigger epoch, which kind of makes a sense, I think, if you think about it. Um, this has been shown to be somewhere in the region of 6 to 15% of the calories burned within the session. So for an example, if you burnt 500 calories in a session, their epoch is likely to be somewhere in the region of an extra 30 to 75 calories extra after the fact. So again, it's something, but it's really not a lot. It's not really affecting your BMR by that much. Um, none of this is to say that exercise is bad or that you shouldn't try to build muscle, by the way. There are just so many benefits to both over and above anything to do with changing your metabolism. So what I'm just trying to do here is provide you with, I guess, a couple of myth-busting things that you might have heard um, so that you kind of go into it with the right idea rather than expecting that if you go and start doing some exercise that you're suddenly your metabolism metabolism is going to get fired up and get boosted loads and you can then drop weight off and this is actually i think probably part of the problem people tend to go to a gym straight away expecting that by starting training they're going to boost their metabolism loads and that weight will just drop off and what i've just shown here is that whilst you can burn a fair few calories training the after effect on metabolism is actually pretty pretty tiny and 
if you're winning at the start, the nutrition is going to be the big part here. So that's where it's really easy to cut the calories out if that's something you want to do. And again, I'd recommend seeking a coach or someone who can help you specifically just to take that kind of complexity out of it and, and give you a plan or, or work through a plan with you that's going to help. And finally, you might have heard about something called metabolic damage if you've been floating around the fitness industry for a bit. And um, this is kind of a mythical term for an actual phenomenon called adaptive thermogenesis. Essentially, what happens here is that when you enter a calorie deficit in order to lose weight, for example, the body's natural response to this happening because you know the, the body doesn't doesn't want to lose weight. It likes to hold on to that because its kind of response is I don't want to starve, essentially. Um is to downregulate your metabolic rate. So this can can be downregulated by kind of it's been seen as a maximum of like 18 to 20%, but it's most often less than this. Um which you know and it'll decrease energy expenditure daily via kind of several means. It's normally subconscious stuff like you might feel like you're not fidgeting as much or you just don't really want to walk around as much. You might find yourself sitting about more. Things like that. It can decrease muscle tone a little bit in kind of extreme cases. So this also happens in reverse, and it's probably why you probably get that you probably got a few friends who seem to be able to eat whatever they want and and don't seem to put on any weight. And this is because their their body just naturally upregulates the amount of energy expenditure when they have more calories, which means they either get they're much more active subconsciously, they fidget more, they kind of are more energetic. And um, so yeah, it does work both ways, but it's by no means a, a damage system. You're not breaking anything. It's just a natural downregulation or upregulation of the body to try and maintain what we call homeostasis or kind of this this balance of maintenance, which is what we want to achieve. We don't really want to be losing weight, for example. Um, so it essentially has an impact normally on something called NEAT, which is non-exercise activity thermogenesis, basically the energy we use doing anything that isn't exercise. Um, so again, what this is going to do, it doesn't prevent weight loss, but it does sometimes mean that we have to account for this extra decrease below what we expect or above what we expect if we're trying to gain weight. Um, so it's similar to what we see in things like PCOS where the base metabolic rate will, will drop. Um, again, it's useful to know this is a thing and it does happen, but it's not something you need to get hung up on. More of an awareness thing that, okay, if, if, for example, we struggle to gain weight, let's go to the other side now, and that's because when we think we're eating enough, we are going to be more aware of how much kind of fidgeting and, and sort of non-exercise activity we're doing, and then we'll be able to kind of manage that by either reducing that and, and eating a bit more, or we just need to eat more to gain the weight. And the converse is obviously true if we want to lose weight. Think about moving more and eating a bit less probably than we think. So to round off this episode, um, point one, you can estimate your daily caloric needs with some simple maths. Your BMR can be calculated by taking your body weight in kilos and timesing it by 24 if you're male and 22 if you're female. If you want to find out your daily energy expenditure before exercise overall, you need to add your physical activity factor. For most of you who have got a desk job, it'll be somewhere in the region of 1.1 or 1.2. If you're going to use this data to lose weight, it's generally better to err on the low side just because it gives you a more an easier an easier route, basically. Um, and that'll give you a rough maintenance calories. From there, it's a bit of a trial and error process. Point three, metabolic rate is 
majorly governed by your overall body mass above anything else. Four, the chances of you having a slow metabolism are very minimal, unless you have a metabolic condition such as polycystic ovary syndrome or hypothyroidism, in which case, go see your doctor. Even with those, you can still lose weight, so all hope is not lost. It's just more challenging, and I will do separate episodes to talk about polycystic ovary syndrome so that you can understand that in more detail if you're someone who either suffers or you know someone who does. Adaptive thermogenesis doesn't damage your metabolism. It is a natural downregulation response to a lower energy intake. It will recover once calories are increased back to your new maintenance if you've lost weight or just back up in general. And finally, if you are struggling with your weight or you have done or you would like to have some more structure or understanding, speak to a coach or nutritionist, someone who preferably is evidence-based and preferably someone who has been through MNU, I would suggest, which is Mac Nutrition Uni. That's a nutrition course I studied and it was very good. And I think they're very good at only qualifying people who are going to be evidence-based and uphold their kind of standards. So that would be my kind of recommendation. They will help take all the guesswork away and actually sit down and be able to talk to you about how to build a nutritional and training plan around your lifestyle so that you can stick to it and actually get some results that last, which I think is the most important thing. I hope you found this episode interesting and that you got something from it. If you have any further questions, as always, please feel free to email me at info at simplesessions.co.uk or drop me a message on Instagram at James Lee PT. Thanks for listening to this episode. If you've enjoyed it, please feel free to leave me a review and share with your friends. As always, I'm hopefully going to be able to help more people that way. And I hope you're looking forward to one more next week.